Hey friends, welcome back to Holy Holy. This is the week two recap of our reading. I hope that you've enjoyed every word that you've read and that God has spoken to you some amazing insights. One of the things that I want to point out now in our reading is that we've entered the second movement of Genesis. So that first movement is going to be Adam to Noah and then Noah to Abraham. But then when we get to the Abraham story, we're going to focus on the family of Abraham, the blessing of Abraham, and what God is trying to do through Abraham to all the nations, right? So um, here, God makes a covenant with Abraham. Abraham is the new Adam. So Adam and Eve messed up in the garden. Then you've got Noah. And after the flood, God says, you know, I know that humanity is wicked, but I'm going to partner with them anyway. Something kind of odd happens between Noah and his son Ham. And so then we have Abraham and Sarah. This is the new Adam. But we know that man is flawed. God knows that. And he's going to partner with them anyway to bring about his purpose and his promise in the earth. One of the little markers to look for is uh, the most righteous of anyone on the earth. So God attaches those words to Noah, then he attaches them to Abraham. He also attaches them to Elizabeth and Zachariah and Luke, like we read the first week. So this is where God is kind of doing a new thing through these new archetypal characters. Um, in our reading last week, we had the sacrifice of Isaac, which we know is a type of Christ. One thing really cool that I want to point out is in chapter 22, verse 13, it says, Abraham looked up and saw a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. If the ram had been caught by its leg, by its neck, by any other part of its body, it would have been wounded and not have been an appropriate sacrifice to make to Yahweh. So God in his providence had that ram caught by its horns so that it would be an acceptable sacrifice unto God instead of Isaac. Um, then we have Sarah dying and then her burial in Machpelah. So that's 23 uh, verse four, uh, verse 16. This is fantastic because Machpelah, you can still go and visit it today. There's a couple of holy sites on top of that place, but um, it's in the promised land. And see, God had promised the promised land to Abraham. But how did Abraham first own, first take ownership of um, the promised land. He went there, he sought it out, and then he bought it. Folks, let me tell you, God has promised you some great things, but don't just sit there and wait for it to come to you. Go and pursue the promise of God. It's going to cost us something. It cost Abraham and it's going to cost us, but let me tell you, the cost is worth it. Um, we have Isaac who marries Rebecca and Rebecca is barren, just like Sarah was barren. God is putting these obstacles in front of his own promise where Sarah and Abraham are too old and Sarah is barren. And then Isaac and Rebecca marry, but Rebecca is barren because God wants to say, Hey, my promise, though it looks impossible, is possible with God. As we're reading in Luke, Luke said, all things are possible with God. God may have promised you some amazing things, but let me tell you, even though it may look impossible in the natural, it's possible with God. We have Jacob who steals the birthright, and this institutes the theme of the second born. Um, we have Adam 
who fails in the garden. And then we have Jesus as the second Adam. We have um, Jacob and Esau. Esau's the one with the birthright. Then we have Jacob is the favorite son. Even back to Cain and Abel, Cain is the firstborn. Abel is the one that's acceptable to God. And so this theme goes all the way through scripture and it's instituted and really um, ramped up here. So then we have Jacob who um, is deceived. Can you imagine loving Rachel and then on the, all, all, all of a sudden on your wedding day, you open the veil and it's Leah that you've married. I mean, I can't imagine that. But he's deceived because he is a deceiver. He deceived with the birthright and then he becomes deceived. Whatever sin that we fall into in those patterns, we have to know that if we use evil tools to accomplish what we want, then those tools will be turned on us. But if we do it God's way and accomplish things through God's rules and God's ideas, then God's rules and ideas then will be turned to work for our good. We see the blessing of Abraham and it is on Jacob. Jacob's family multiplies all of his sons. He has 12 sons and one daughter for sure that we know of, which is Dinah. Then we have him um, with the flock and he puts these weird um, sticks in front of the flock and somehow the flock multiplies. But it's the blessing of Abraham that's on Jacob. And I want to remind you that Paul tells us that when we join ourselves by faith to Abraham, then we have that blessing on ourselves. Through faith today, you are blessed to multiply and receive God's promise. Let's turn our attention now to Luke and what we've read. Luke chapter 8 verse 3. What a great verse that I think is sometimes overlooked. I'll try to turn there quickly with you. But it says, um, let's see, Luke chapter 8 verse 3. Uh, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, Susanna, and many others who were supporting them from their possessions. There was this group of women that began to follow Jesus's ministry that supported Jesus and his disciples um, through their possessions. It was these women that were bankrolling Jesus's ministry. How cool is that? That the author Luke here points out all of these women and then points out that Jesus's ministry was supported by these, these women's generosity. So I want to tell you, your generosity matters to your church, to your community, and there's no telling what God will do when you will give of yourself. Then we have um, in 840, the young girl, Jairus's daughter that is healed. And then also um, the woman with the issue of blood. Luke is great to point out that both of these women, um, the, the daughter, she's 12 years old. And then the woman had been suffering with the issue of blood for 12 years. So you see two 12s. The, the little girl, about 12 years old, is about the age that a girl would begin to menstruate. And then we have menstruation again for 12 years with a woman with the issue of blood. Here's the point, that no matter if you're young or if you're old, God can do a miracle in your life. There's no age limit on what God will do if we'll just open our hearts and, and invite him in. God is here with us, young and old. We have the transfiguration and we see Moses and Elijah. Moses represents the law. 
and Elijah represents the prophets. They're both the only characters that saw Jesus on a mountain, which is really powerful. Also, we have Jesus's face shining um, as he's transfigured, which is echoing Moses when he was on the mountain and received the Ten Commandments, came down, and his face was literally glowing, and they put, had to put a veil over his face. Um, we see lots of demons throughout Luke here. Um, Luke is really talking about um, Jesus and casting out demons. One third of Jesus's ministry was casting out demons. But Luke is really great to tell us that Jesus has given authority over demons to his disciples. It's nothing to be afraid of. You and I, we're the disciples of Jesus Christ as well. We have that authority. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. That's uh, chapter 9, verse 1, where he gives authority. Um, let's just read it. Chapter 9, verse 1, summoning the 12, he gave them power and authority over all the demons and to heal diseases. In uh, chapter 11, we have the beautiful prayer, the Lord's prayer. And one thing I want to point out here is um, these plural nouns. Our Father, which art in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us. Because I think that it's very easy to fall into the into this mentality of Jesus and me. But we need to remember that we are on this journey with our brothers and sisters in Christ. That it is an individual journey, but it's also a corporate journey where Jesus is speaking to us, using us, forgiving us with his body and in his body. And then the last verse is um, Luke 14, 28. And it's about calculating the cost, something that we mentioned earlier on um, in this podcast today. Uh, for which of you wanting to build a tower doesn't first sit down and calculate the cost? Let me tell you, friends, your journey is going to cost you something. You may be reading when you're really tired or when you're really busy. But I want to tell you that the cost is worth it and you will reap a great reward. I hope you'll join me here next week for Holy Holy Keep Reading. God bless you.